Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is here. What? How did that happen? I must have got spit out of an interdimensional tear in the fabric of reality. Wow, oddly specific. And yes. right on the boards is Joey D's. Hey. Hi, Joe. Hi. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach about BlizzCon news. Also, we will talk about episode four of WandaVision. It's a big one. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. The blog podcast and more. <laughs> more. Just, you know, search for us, BJ Shave Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Send us those fun messages. Uh, check out the Facebook page because Vicky posts a ton of stuff. Yes. Uh, lots of geeky conversations that we just can't really necessarily get to on this podcast. Uh, one of the things that we also do is we talk with Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed uh, about all sorts of news. And right now, we've got some big stuff from BlizzCon. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That's SKNR.net, our news source for all sorts of things. And there's some big stuff going on. So let's start off with uh, Call of Duty. What's going on with the update? Well, Call of Duty just put out another free update. And this time it is for the zombie mode, and for those who've been following along, uh, one of the beautiful things about it is starting with the prior game in the series, the reboot of Modern Warfare, instead of doing paid DLC, they have been doing uh, what they call season passes, where they don't really say four maps or something like that, but you get free content throughout the year. And so it might be, hey, here's a, ma- a new map. Uh, This map may be out for a limited time. Here may be an old one from one of the other games coming back in. But it's fresh content that comes on a regular basis. New modes come in for a limited time. That Well, what we have here is a brand new zombie mode called Firebase Z. This one got a lot of people really excited because it is containing two of the things that uh, people have asked for. Number one, in keeping with Black Ops Cold War, it's set in the 80s. Nice. Number two, <laughs> this one's set in Vietnam. Wait, wait, wait. 80s in Vietnam? Correct. So are we talking like yeah. like CIA black ops sort of stuff? Uh, yeah. It's okay, okay. Experiments gone, and, and some of the uh, ah. things that I've seen is lush jungles, temples, things like that, and you're going to be fighting all sorts of new zombies and variations, <laughs> and it's continuing the story that they set up in the first game, which a lot of people say, well, it's just wave after wave of zombies live as long as you can. Not necessarily true. There are ways to complete the game, but involves doing some things you wouldn't necessarily think of, assembling parts, beating certain things, that sort of thing. There is a storyline to it and a conclusion. You just have to kind of figure it out. And, you know, most people, as you know, get snowed under. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. That's funny, man. I mean, I just love the fact, you know, like I do enjoy the fact that a lot of uh, uh, games are doing like that season pass thing because at least you feel like you're getting a whole bunch of stuff. So if one thing doesn't necessarily resonate with you, usually there'll be something throughout all of it that will uh, be something you enjoy. Oh, absolutely. And see, what's so great about this is my son has been somewhat complaining about uh, we got him the new Xbox uh, for Christmas. So he's got the Series S and he's 
um, you know, loves it, but he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm burning up my hard drive so much. I've had that problem of what stays on the old system, what comes oh, over. Yeah. And then, you know, we got him the new Call of Duty and he was so we could try the uh, crossplay one of these days and he was like oh i don't know i hope i can manage the update i'm really getting low on space because of my nba games blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then i mentioned oh by the way the new zombie update's coming he's like oh we're, we're, what's up with this i said set in vietnam and he goes i'm in <laughs> time to clear it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh now going uh, next on this list i mean conventions we talk about conventions because it's it's a whole thing that is always in flux and blizzcon has put out some news correct correct so what's happening this year is as people know they didn't hold their convention last year mm-hmm. no surprise that's kind of how things work and we had been told that there would be a um, digital version coming in February, February 19th and 20th to be exact. And unlike some of the prior digital versions, this is free to all. So for those that remember, the thing sells out very quickly. Yeah. Those that are not able to either attend or could not get a ticket, they have the option to purchase a online pass so they could view the panels and the cosplay and the competition, so on and so forth. Well, this time out, it's all free. And uh, what they've said is that there's going to be a very interactive show. There is going to be cosplay competition. There will be developer talks. There'll be Q&A panels. There'll be art competition, artist demos. And, of course, there will be the announcements. And so, you know, everyone's circling their wagons here going, well, Diablo 4, we know about that. We know about Overwatch 2. Are we going to get firm release dates? Are we going to get other looks at those? Yeah probably at least a a window or a look but what other announcements are coming and the thing to remember is had the world not turned upside down blizzcon traditionally happens in the fall so you know september october november somewhere in that range uh so essentially you've got what they were planning last summer plus six months added to it and but also to that same point, we're not going to see any like I mean, obviously with that, they were going to probably try to do the big push for the big World of uh, Warcraft expansion. I mean, now that it's already out, that's kind of off the table at that point. So I just wonder what else is going to be out there in terms of like new announcements that we haven't seen yet. And that's the big question. You know, the success of uh, Shadowlands probably may get some people saying, OK, there's another um something warcrafty i mean i i can't i mean yes we all talked about that one a couple of years ago where the only announcement was really the diablo mobile game mm-hmm. and you know there was the backlash and a lot of people think that diablo 4 was kind of immediately put into production follow that backlash <laughs> i don't see them going a blizzcon without some kind of uh warcraft now whether that's simply saying more Warcraft content will be coming. I think it may be too soon to make an announcement and say, hey, here's the brand new expansion. I would not expect that because we're too close to that. What you may see is, Mm -hmm. hey, we've got some updates coming to this recent expansion, or we are looking at ideas for the future. Uh, Warcraft is not going anywhere. There is a lot of talk from the community that it's time for a new franchise. And that's where it gets a bit dicey because people forget they were working on a brand new MMO many years ago that got scrapped. And a lot of people, depending on who you talk to or not, 
will tell you that Overwatch apparently sprung out of the guts of that research. And that some people say, well, that came from the research. Other people say that was a component to the MMO they were working on, and they were simply able just to take that component and build the game around it. Uh, so who knows? I mean, they're going to have a lot of people watching. There's, uh, you know, this is probably the biggest publisher announcement, I would say, since Sony and uh, Microsoft did their showcases, because, you know, when you look at PAX, they had a lot of uh, smaller companies, indie companies, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a lot of attention on this to say, okay, what's coming? It's a lot of fun with that, too. I mean, I, I, I always do love the fact that Blizzard puts out some quality product when it comes down to it, or at the very least are able to uh, self-correct when they, you know, they feel some criticism. So it'll be fun to see what happens at BlizzCon. Now, finally, I don't know what implications this means, but Gearbox has been sold Yes, uh, the official word is acquired, but you know, call it <laughs> okay. what you will. Yeah, you're yeah, all playing yeah. games, so it's it's an interesting situation. So, what happens here is you have a Swedish company that is known as the Embracer Group, and of course, <laughs> that my sounds first ominous. Was, <laughs> I I had to basically make a joke, going, "So, do they give us the parts, and we have to assemble the games ourselves?" <laughs> but you know, and you get an order of meatballs and mashed potatoes Ooh, with it. Nice, but neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> Interesting company that they have uh, been acquiring uh, various software companies. And, of course, they have other companies in their uh, umbrella. Now, depending on who you talk to, this is seen as kind of a, I guess, investment think tank is one way to look at it. A lot of people say essentially what they do is they go around and they acquire all these companies. They have like uh, Deep Silver, THQ Nordic, some of these others oh, under wow. there. And what we're told is, you know, essentially Randy Pitchford and Gearbox are still going to be in charge doing their own thing. They're officially referred to as a wholly owned subsidiary now. And what it was explained to me was that this is a $1.3 billion purchase. But what they are going to do is right off the bat, your box is going to get about a hundred million in change in cash. And then they're getting about the same amount, a little more in stock. And what that's going to do is gearbox is now going to have essentially a hundred million dollars in the pot that is going to be uh, earmarked for development. So not just things like borderlands you have, brothers in arms you have you know let's not forget they're still sitting on the duke nukem license and they have all sorts of other things that they can do now people say said to me you get cynics saying well what's from stopping them from just sitting on that money and making a bunch of garbage uh that's where it gets interesting they have a series of targets they have to hit. Now, nobody has put out the targets, Mm -hmm. but they have a series of targets they have to hit over the next six years. And I'm sure this is anything from amount of product, quality of product, sales, that sort of thing, uh, profit and loss, that sort of thing. If they hit these targets up to $1 billion more in cash and stock will be made available to them. So essentially it's here's a hundred million dollars cash. Here's a hundred million stock get to work. And if you're making quality products 
at that the people like and is selling, here's a billion dollars for you six years down the road. Yeah, I mean, in incentives like that, and I mean, here comes the fact of the matter is that, I mean, I mean, yes, they have Duke Nukem, and that's always kind of a wild card when it comes down to it, but they put out quality product with Borderlands, and having that massive incentive means that they're going to be wanting to put out that quality work, so I'm not necessarily worried about anything along those lines. I just want to see them get that money and put out some amazing stuff. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, you know, I, I joke with someone, I said, Aliens, Colonial Marines, the remaster, or as I like to call it, the apology. But see, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that because they don't have the license for that franchise anymore, as far as I know. Look so at that. No worries. There you have it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That's SKNR.net. Get all that information and more at that website. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you, Gareth. Now, again, we got to move on to WandaVision because first three episodes were, were pretty polarizing for a lot of people. And then episode four, I felt kind of brought everything kind of back up to speed. I saw the perfect meme where it was uh, Thor holding Thanos' head. It's like, I don't like it. And then they feed him WandaVision, like episode four. And he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I do like this. <laughs> and so the first three episodes were dealing within the, uh, the, 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 the town of Westview. Yes. And so seeing the weird sitcomness of what is going on and the reality that uh, Wanda is a part of, Wanda and Vision. And then at the end of that, we see uh, uh, her her friend who didn't seem to quite fit in getting launched out of the place. Mm -hmm. And that's when we saw the fact that there was a whole setup, a whole sword uh, base basically around this town or at least near this town. And So many Easter eggs. So many. And then we get to... Episode four, which slightly, well, it kind of rewinds time to show the discovery of the town by the people who are not in the town. Did you just start singing a Cher song? That's what we all wanted. We wanted Cher to come in and go, what the (laughs) hell is going on? She said, well, I'll turn back time. Well, Cher did not disappoint when it came down to it. We got to see some interesting characters come back. Yeah. Um, First off, Jimmy Woo. Yay. Which you may remember, some people may have forgotten. I did at the beginning. He was in Ant Man and the Wasp yes. as the uh, the essentially the parole officer for um, Ant Man. Yeah, for Ant Man for Scott Lang. Uh, and uh, the best Easter egg. Yeah, the the Easter egg with the card. Yeah, and he flips out his business card, yeah. much like Ant Man was doing. He's like, "Hey, can you show me how to do that?" Yep. Well, he did learn how to do that. And then also, we got to see Kat Denning's character, whom I can't remember anything other than she Darcy. calls. Yeah, Darcy. Thank you. She calls a, a Mjolnir Mew Mew. And really, in the w- Thor movies, and there wasn't a lot of humor in those Thor movies. She was the comic relief. The only, right. yeah, yeah, really. So <laughs> I mean, for the first couple of movies, she was like whatever. I mean, you wanted to see her character. Character. She's a badass. Like I love her. I like yeah, as an actress yeah. and just as a character. And I love seeing that presence. Like I don't look like I belong here. I don't act like everyone else. Yeah. But I'm going to get the job done. So at this point yeah. in time, yes, yeah, so yeah, this a confident point- social awkward. A confident social awkwardness. It's like, yes. look, it's like man, we're not supposed uh, to be talking to each other. Can I have some coffee? Yeah, you're all serious. <laughs> we're all coffee. serious for it. Like you're all idiots anyway. So, so really, essentially, at this point in time, we had the first three episodes that were building up and kind of building this mystery, and a lot of questions were answered in this fourth one. Oh yes. So it helps a lot uh, for people who may or may not be uh, interested in the first three episodes because it kind of at least. Ties everything in with the 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 MCU on the large. I would argue though that again they were they, you know Disney sent three episodes to the critics. 
they should have dropped three episodes. I feel like we would have all had a different response if we got to see the three episodes. Because then when she's kicked out, believe yeah. me, as soon as she's kicked out at the end of episode three, I'm like, okay. I say, whoa, whoa. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, this is okay. This is legit. Yeah. Because then I could go back and go, yeah, she was a little out of place in the, you know, in the, in, in the black and white versions. You're like, wow, where, where does she go? You know, it, what's going on over here? And um, that's that makes it more interesting when you see she gets focused and get the hell out, mm-hmm. and she brings up the U word. You know what I mean? There's F words, <laughs> S words, but she brought up the U word, and she's like, "How do you know yeah. about that guy?" Cracked her right out of yeah. uh, this false reality. That I mean, if you know anything, Wanda from the comics, uh, a lot, and I've I've been reading some things that is just like <laughs> when you realize how deep. Uh, this show goes mm-hmm. even with the special thanks for people that uh, have helped out uh, create different stories and different um, even like comic versions of Wanda and Vision. You realize where um, they're pulling all of the uh, 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 all the stuff and the references and the Easter eggs and even the story itself from. I think yeah, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think all the townsfolk that you know that have been kid, you know that are in the, in the Wanda's world mm-hmm. are actually the names of the people working on the show. So when they go, like, the, 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 I heard that in an Easter egg video, oh, which huh. is pretty wild. Interesting. Yeah, it's like some of the names of, of just the rando characters, you'll see mm-hmm. they're actually people that work on the show itself. Oh, that's funny. Um, there were, uh, and I want to thank Charlie from Emergency Awesome, and this, he, he's put out a bunch of things saying there's some Fantastic Four spoilers. Oh, and, dude. And Easter yeah. eggs in this, in, the, in episode four. Well, and that, I don't know anything about the fact that there's the, the Fantastic Four Easter eggs. I'll have to check that out. But it just seems to be at this point in time, they're leading towards bringing definitely the Fantastic Four. Um, obviously, Deadpool, because they've already announced the fact that Deadpool's going to be. Uh, uh, another R-rated MCU movie. Yes. But, I mean, Deadpool is his own entity. I mean, he'll figure out some way to get into this, like, whichever which way. It doesn't even matter if, like, the multiverses crack open at this point. Deadpool's just going to show up, and I think oh, everyone really, will be it, okay. Has it been rumored that he's going to show up in WandaVision? No, not oh. WandaVision. I'm just oh. saying in the MCU as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I remember which one uh, your Easter egg is because we're spoiling stuff. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We're spoiling we've stuff from episode I mean, four. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. It's, and we're uh, a week late. This yeah. is uh, the, the standards what we've got because as of right well, now, episode five is out, and we're not talking five. We're talking we're not four. talking five because we haven't seen five yet. So no spoilers yet, people. So it's weird if you already so you can see where our spoilers and our wonders, and then you can go watch the show, or if you just watch the show and see how right we may be, <laughs> you can just send us an email being like, yeah. "You're wrong." Yeah, you're completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but I believe it was the Fantastic Four reference when Monica goes back after she's blipped back and she's talking to S.W.O.R.D. and it's like, yeah, we're still missing some astronauts in space. Oh. That's, yeah, that's a, that, yeah, that's a that's a possibility. Wow. Also, the C, uh, the, what did she call it? The CMBR, the C, uh, the, the CRM, whatever the heck was the radiation they were picking up. Yeah. It was cosmic radiation, which is what gave the Fantastic Four oh, their yeah. power. So. Yeah, there's uh, this is some like interesting stuff too because you're like, oh, like who is like who's Monica at this point in time? And now you know, and now we found out, and you see through that that it's the fact that it is the daughter from the um, the partner that uh, Brie Larson's character yeah. uh, Captain Marvel had in the Captain Marvel movie. Her mother went on to create Sword. It was Maria Rambo. Yes, yes. thank you. And uh, so yeah, so Monica, you see her come back from the blip. And first off, it gives an insight into what, like, the chaos that happens, mm-hmm. like, happened during the blip when Hulk actually did the snap mm-hmm. to bring everybody back. Because we basically only got to see a little bit of that, and it was sort of comedically done in Far yeah. From Home. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it was really kind of interesting to see like the chaos of a hospital right. having to deal with suddenly people coming back into the same beds other people are in. Like I'm just I'm kind of, you know, a little happy at the fact that there wasn't anybody turning into like uh, Star Trek like transporter monsters oh. or anything oh, like yeah. that or like suddenly blipping into no t- somebody else. No Tuvixes, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> where Tuvok and Neelix were combined for an oh, episode oh. of Voyager. I'm just glad they you. didn't, you know, blip back and show us a scene from like the like operating room that would not have been oh Mm-mm. could you imagine nope. no nope. no I no don't want i don't to. want that um i know joe's kind of had some uh, issues with uh what these episodes he have issues with <laughs> hey that's probably true <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I, th- I thought this episode was great i just don't understand why it wasn't the first episode of the series I dun, mean, dun, dun. It, it, like if you're gonna catch an audience and you want to attract people to your show this episode's amazing but like i've seen the first three episodes and this is essentially a recap of what's happened during in a different part of the world during these first three episodes right yeah. so i know she's going to come back i know she's fine i know where she's been but i feel like the mystery of it like the whole beekeeper outfit like who is this beekeeper why is he a beekeeper what's going on and then you find out in episode four yeah that you know everything that goes in is transformed into whatever era that is one of the things I would liken it to, Joe, would be like, I feel that like sword is all of us, like kind of like a little bit of a meta thing. We're trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and they're doing that same thing. Um, this show is, I think, it's difficult because people are expecting like punch 'em, rock 'em, sock 'em action because it's a Marvel property. So the kind of a slow roll, uh, I think, even now, just with like streaming. And the fact that they'll dump an entire season on you like immediately, the fact that you can't binge it, it builds up anticipation for a lot of people, but it can also build up frustration for them as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't see any mystery in that fourth episode. I knew exactly everything that happened. And I don't think there was any mystery in any of the first three episodes because you knew that Wanda was creating this world around her. I mean, it's a superhero show. We know what her abilities are. I I feel like going into it, you know the beekeeper is probably a guy trying to get her out of her thing because she throws throws him out immediately. I guess to me, the thing that, is, that confuses me again is, would you think there'd be any controversy with this show had episode four been the first episode? Well, your first question was, how are you going to get people to kind of watch the show? And I think they're really just betting on the fact that they're Marvel. People are going to watch the show. Had this come out years ago, like something like this years ago before, you know, Avengers and stuff, it wouldn't have worked. And I won't disagree with you mm-hmm. on the fact that you're like you're a little bit frustrated with it. And I've seen that a lot, even just on the responses from Twitter last week when the episode first dropped. So this conversation is a huge conversation that's happening a lot these days where there are people that do not like the writing of a show and how it's being taken. And then the other people who really like I love the writing of this show. There's a guy named Mr. Sci-Fi. Uh, he's an Mr. author Sci-Fi. who's done a uh, Kickstarter for a show called Space Command that uh, had uh, that has Doug Jones and has oh, oh. I can't, and, and I, the, the Doctor from Star Trek Voyager and I can't remember the character the the actor's name as well oh, yeah, as Mira Furlan who just passed away from Babylon Five. She's in so he he made a great first episode. He's got another one that's being kickstarted. He's written on Star Trek: The Next Generation, so he's a writer and he just had an interesting video the comparing why the Expanse gets it right and why Star Trek Discovery gets it wrong. And I watched it, and I think it's a good watch because he's an old-school writer. I think he's in his 70s. And 
there is definitely people who love the new writing styles of the way things are being done as opposed to what he believes writing styles should be and how characters should be developed. There is a there is a splintering faction because Joe makes a good point. Yeah. The way that show was done, the way WandaVision is done is great if you are a lover of this world and you love Marvel and you think Marvel's amazing and you'll go on any adventure they put you on. But if you're just ready to tune into a show... I think Joe's got a good point. This show's going to be like, what the hell is going on? Is this the greatest writing? Because they're not writing for everybody. They're writing for specific people, hoping that, you know, that, you know, there's enough of you that, well, who cares about the regular person? Yeah. Anyway, Mr. Sci-Fi, go check it out on YouTube, and you'll hear him compare The Expanse to Discovery. Uh, by the way, I don't agree with him when it comes to he thinks Expanse is a great show over Discovery for the reasons. I think they're both good shows. He thinks one's better than the other, and I just don't agree. And I think it's because he's an old-school writer and doesn't understand new-school writing. So, Joe, does this mean that you're out? I mean, because we've talked about this before, where it's like, if you don't love something, it's okay as a nerd just to kind of tap out of that. Do you feel that you're still going to keep watching WandaVision? Yeah, episode four was great. Like like I said, if it had been the first episode, I would have hyped up the show a bunch. Mm-hmm. I just don't really understand. I mean, I get, I don't hate the first three episodes. I think they're a good artistic look at what it would have been. I just don't understand why when you're trying to launch a series to hit a huge audience, you would start with something that's so polarizing. Yeah. That was my only complaint. Because right on, could, right on. Yeah, you could bring all the episodes. Like, what if they did it in a different way, where you play a little bit of each of those episodes, you know, together, as opposed to having them being individual, where you're just kind of slogging through black and white. And <laughs> I, then, I agree know. with Joe. They could have made it an hour episode and and ended with uh, with uh, Monica being kicked out. I think yeah. that would have, I think everybody would have been like, "This is great." I'll, I, you gave me an hour, but you show me something's up. Okay, I'm on for the ride. What's happening? It was a little bit of a slow roll. Not going to disagree on that. Yeah. What if she's blipping through her timelines mm-hmm. and all of it's happening at once? Then I'm in and I'm don't know what's going on as opposed to these one stories kind of. I thing. do want to go back now and look at those shows now with the new insight. Yeah, I want to go yeah. and I'll probably want to do it again after I even get more information. And the one thing that I want to do at that point is I'm going to wait until the in- entire series is over to kind of go back and. Look at that. At this point in time, I'm I'm content with just checking out Easter egg uh, uh, articles or videos and stuff like that. Um, but it's still intriguing to me. I would love to hear what other people have to say about that. And, of course, remember the two big stories. They had all this whole thing up of all the characters that are basically real townspeople. Yeah. And two people were missing. And that was the blonde who was basically in charge of the whole neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And uh, her, no- her nosy neighbor, Agnes. Oh, really? And That's right. You, you didn't go, have any yeah, names or anything like that. if you go back yeah. and watch Agnes describe that blonde woman, she says a lot of Mephisto-like things. Mm. Oh, oh. Is that what you're thinking? She goes, oh, the devil is in the details. Or, oh, oh, crap. Says everything about and And, of course, the blonde is like, what the hell's going on? You know, And it makes me wonder. Or the children. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> which basically Mephisto, wasn't Mephisto the father of those two kids? Um, I believe in the comics, and I'm sure we got a lot of people that yeah. can uh, correct us so, in the corrections department. So that's, I mean, this could yeah. be just a way. A lot of things yeah. are leading towards Mephisto. We'll have to see what happens with that. So I think that's what we got going on, America. I'm still excited about that. But now we need to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what's going on? Well, since BJ's here, of course I have to do memes. <laughs> so why? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Actually, there haven't why? been very many memes why? When BJ's, there hasn't been any I geek hate, sheets with memes. I hate them, and I, you know, I'm not here that much. You'd think that maybe she wouldn't, but she actually, saves them for me. Actually, they're not. Too, I think you might enjoy this one. Okay, okay. so uh, the, the one <laughs> part may. of the I hate them makes you think, oh, but you'll enjoy this one. I don't know. Here, here's hoping. <laughs> Crossing my fingers. All right. Uh, it's actually a, a writing prompt. Uh, so on Tumblr, they have what's called writing prompts. They come up with an idea, and then people can take that and create stories from them. And so this writing prompt was pretty awesome, and it's. 
Two magicians made a blood oath when they were children that they would never harm each other. Okay. But now they are mortal enemies and have resorted to inconveniencing and annoying each other, knowing if they harm one another, they'll die. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, like, even the person who posted this, it's like, this is the next project for Michael Sheen and David Tennant. And if you haven't seen Good Omens, Rev. I know, I haven't seen it yet. This, and This would be a cute premise for a show like that, like demons <sighs> or... Have you seen their YouTube thing? I don't know if it's a Broadway, a, a British play or something, or something they're doing and they're trying to get together. And so it's sort of like a reality show between the two of them. Really? Between Tennant and Sheen as they're, they're trying to convince each other to do this thing. And there's a director involved going, would you please, you two, get together? Because of the magic of the two of them together. And Sheen's sort of being the curmudgeon because he's really looking shaggy because he's playing that crazy... Is it called oh. Staged? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So okay. I've watched a couple of them. They're really quite fun. And if you're a fan of both of those guys, because uh, Michael Sheen looks really haggard, but it's because he's playing that role on, uh, uh, what is it, The Prodigal Son? Yeah. Yeah. So he's- And it looks like, yeah, on stage, in the show, both actors play exaggerated versions of themselves, as in season one, they rehearse a play over Zoom. So this is, uh, they've got two seasons of it, apparently. Well, that's Good awesome. for them. That's kind of fun. Yeah. See, I think there needs to just be more Michael Sheen and David Tennant together. I agree. And, uh, I am 100%. I have no opinion until I uh, watch uh, Good Omens. I think you'll like it because <laughs> it's a good mixture of like fun, drama, but also f- like, I don't, cute's a weird word. I don't know if cute's the right word, but it's it, it makes me feel good Aww. about that. Uh, next one. I did this last night over the dinner table. Excuse me. Uh, so I found this post and it was, it came from a Pokemon worldwide, like group page. Okay. And this person says you have to make a team of three Pokemon based on your birthday. So his birthday is 72383. So his Pokemon team is Squirtle, Ekans, and Farfetch'd. Okay. Okay. I see what you're going with that. Yeah. Right. BJ, you look a little uh, well, uh, it's dumbfounded here. Well, it's a meme about Pokemon, and she knows I don't know anything about Pokemon. How about no. you this is the best for thing. this? Yeah. What's your birthday? Oh, oh, I don't have to make the meme. You can no, do it for I me. Can do yeah, it for yeah. You. So oh, I'm going to make okay. your team. For oh, it. And you right. might know these Pokemon. I feel better about that. I was going to say it would be Pikachu, and then that <laughs> no, Pikachu. No, 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 she no, has no. the list. And is Ash a Pokemon? I don't know. No. So you are September. Do I have to give you the year, too? I mean, you need to. Mother in law. I'm old. It's 091. No, it's it's, it's nine 09. One. You know, I give you this information. You probably access my accounts. Not hard to find your, your, your information just if people whisper, know your whisper. age. They always ask your birthday, though, if they're trying to check in from somewhere. But okay, well, 090160. You would, be, uh, you would be a Blastoids, which is a pretty bad, badass one. Yeah, it's a pretty badass one. <laughs> Sounds like I'm blasting people, and I usually do. <laughs> it's a water one. He's got cannons and stuff. Oh, yeah, I cannon. yep, water cannons. Water cannons. And then one is Bulbasaur. Oh, what does Bulbasaur do? Uh, he's a plant guy. He's the one I have tattooed on my arm. <laughs> oh, so I'm on your arm. Woo! <laughs> That's right, man. Represent. And then uh, you said 60? 60, yeah. What do I get for uh, that? Oldasaur? Polywag. <laughs> what does Polywag do? Are you serious? He's, he like he's kind thing? of like a tadpole. Okay. Situation. They, uh, all right. Well, I, I have one badass guy. So, I mean, you got two least. water and a plant. That's not too bad of a team. Well, all actually, right. that's blue green. When I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Like Magic the Gathering. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Joey. Yeah. You are November? November 7th, 88. 88. So you Yummy. are a Metapod. You have a Metapod on your team. Oh, nice. a I can use Harden. He can use Harden <laughs> over and over again. Basically, oh. he's the cocoon version of a butterfly. Yeah. Okay. He's the, the useless middle I have character. Yet to sprout my wings. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> okay, so we said Metapod in seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seven. Uh, you are a Squirtle. Squirtle! Yeah, you have a squirtle. Oh, you're a little squirtle. I have a very sexual Pokemon team right now. 
Harden, Squirtle, uh, and uh, 88, you have Grimer. Wow. Ooh, that's okay. A, oh, yeah, that's the uh, oil sludge one. Mm, I have lost the Pokemon lottery <laughs> on this one. Grimer's <laughs> toxic. Hey, what can I, uh, what's this based on? Is it astrology, astronomy? What's it based on? No, this is what your Pokemon team would be based on your birthday. Because the numbers uh, are from the original 150 Poke decks. Mm-hmm. So, oh. like, the number one is the specific Pokemon oh, so of that one. that's how they're doing yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so we're going with, like, uh, the, the single digits and then double digits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, basically. Okay. So you're not you're going to get a very specific amount of those 150 because you know yeah, it only actually, goes up to 30, only up to 12, and only up to you know 99. And I mean, it it goes up pretty. Uh, it's no longer 150. It's like I'm even looking at one right here. It's like 788. 788. There's probably a thousand of them. How are, but how are that's, they? That's how too many they, Pokemans. Is, and someone could be up to 788, or you're just limited to basically 99. No. I think just the the 99 yeah. on that one. Dang it! All right, so finally mine, five four seventy nine. Okay, so five. Mm-hmm. Four. Oh, you got a good one. What's that? Charmeleon. Cool. So if you are a four, that means that you are also you also have a Charmander. Oh, and you like to Traeger. This is making sense. Yeah. So two fire types. BBQ. That's you what it is. You said 79. Yeah, 79. What you got? <gasps> you are a Slowpoke. <sighs> it is exactly what you think it this sounds is, like. Slow you're poke. an actual Traeger. This is a little, little too on the nose for me on this one. Yeah. Like to slow roll, smoke my uh, meats there as Pardon it me? is. And uh, wow. Okay, uh, then. Slow and, to burn. And in case you guys are wondering, I'm a war turtle, a uh-huh. sand slash, and a muck. What the hell's a muck? Uh, it's the evol- uh, evolution, evolution of uh, Grimer, which is the mud. Oh, wow. She's a bigger version of me. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Don't spell it backwards. Anywho, until next time, <laughs> stay nerdy.